Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Cade Kenyon, and over there is my lovely sound engineer and mom, Heidi Kenyon. Uh, You can't hear her, but she says hi. Uh, So we're going to jump right into things here uh, and look at the aspects of a great team. I just finished reading the book, The Boys in the Boat, uh, which follows the University of Washington's men's rowing team as they compete in the 1936 Olympics. Uh, I'm going to break down four aspects for you uh, of what I kind of put together and decided on uh, that made them such a good team, and that's uh, physical ability, execution, mentality, and culture. Uh, So let's dive in. First, I want to dive into two of them together. I think physical ability and execution relate a lot with each other. Uh, so first, we'll take a look at physical ability. Uh, first, you have to understand the sport you're playing and understand what you need from your athletes. The football team is looking for something completely different than the cross-country team. The football team needs speed, strength, and skill, while cross-country team basically needs none of that. They just need people with not a lot of meat on their bones and a lot of slow twitch muscles. Uh, and then you can build from there. This aspect is, is very rudimentary, kind of self-explanatory, but with without the speed, the strength, endurance, dexterity, whatever uh, attribute you need for your sport, your team will fail. Second is execution, and execution comes from a lot of experiences in most cases. It comes with repetition and over and over again, and then doing these acts over and over again allow you to make the same kind of act in a very high-stress situation. Um, So a team with a lot less physical ability can still defeat a team with a lot more physical ability uh, if they execute flawlessly. Uh, so that's where the execution comes in. And then when you have like a great team that has both of these, that has the physical ability uh, and that has the ability to execute because of their experience, uh, that's when you have something special going on. Uh, the team in the book that I'm reading had a lot of physical ability and just raw strength at first. The team was made up of kids living in the woods of Washington that spent their days chopping wood for their families uh, which allowed them to build up their muscle strength and all that. But they lacked execution. Uh, obviously, rowing wasn't and isn't a very popular sport in high school, uh, so the experience was slim amongst all of the men. The coaches uh, continued to work with them and eventually created the best rowing team in the world just by repetition. We will be back after a short commercial break. And after the break, we'll talk about culture and mentality within a team. Window man, I need help. What's up, Rocky the Reasonable Raccoon? My windows are leaking. Oh my goodness, I'm sure glad I was nearby. I'm the fastest window repairman in all of Oconomowoc. Yeah, thank goodness. 
you're ever in a situation like Rocky the Reasonable Raccoon, just call 262-920-9800. All right, welcome back, everyone. And I want to jump right back in and start talking about culture. Uh, team culture can change the entire attitude of a program. Uh, the culture kind of depicts how uh, athletes view themselves, other athletes, coaches, a sport, and, and other teams. And on top of that, bad culture especially can totally destroy a team. Uh, some examples of bad culture include like hyper-competition, so when teammates kind of push aside the, the team goal and start focusing on just beating their teammates and, and being the better version of them, uh, don't get me wrong, competition on a base level within your teammates is great. It pushes people to new limits and uh, requires you to step up to, to be an asset on the team. Second is bad habits. Partying, drinking, and bad sportsmanships are all example of habits that just destroy a team. Uh, especially a bad sportsmanship for me. It, it kind of just creates an, an awful image uh, from from within the team, from like the school's vision, and from other schools' visions. Uh, thirdly, uh, poor leadership. Often the entire culture of a team is all kind of decided by the leaders. Uh, the captain, whether that be, or, or the coaches, uh, it, it sets a base standards for what they want from the team and usually the the younger players and the entire team for that matter uh, follow uh, what's been set up for them lastly mentality the mentality is once again set up by the foundation of the leaders. The leaders lead by example, and the rest will follow. If the leaders want to build up a teamwork within a program, then they have to show that. They have to be there for everyone, picking them up and encouraging them when they need it most. The mentality and culture completely shifted throughout the book for this team. At first, the upperclassmen picked on the underclassmen. There was hyper-competition between boats, lack of leadership, which completely destroyed the foundation. There was no common goal. In a study about successful teamwork by Pina Terracone and Joe Luca, they write about a shared goal. The most successful team in the case study was the one that developed this goal together. They were motivated by wanting to beat the other teams. This is the same thing that happened for this rowing team. As the years went on, the foundation of the program slowly grew into something more successful. They began to set their eyes on a shared goal. They were all working towards it. That's how they became the best team in the world. <laughs>